Hi there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode, and we try to answer the five points of journalism. Who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives. Welcome to episode 65, where we are talking to Leanne about meme culture and being a young person who is also polyamorous. Stay tuned as we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. All right. So Leanne, who are you? I am a polyamorous, bisexual, self-identified slut. I'm based in the UK and I'm 22. Um, I've been practicing polyamory slash ethical monogamy since I was 17. Very cool. What does polyamory mean to you? I think polyamory to me means being authentic to myself, being free to pursue like the connections to, you know, their greatest potential. And also just kind of exploring curiosities and never being left wondering why. And what drew you to polyamory? What drew me to polyamory? Um, I think it wasn't like something that I uh, specifically pursued. It was more something that I, it just occurred to me and I kind of fell into. So my background with just non-monogamy generally is that, um, well, my first ever relationship when I was 17 was like a monogamous one, but my partner uh, actually cheated on me with uh, with a man. And he fessed up to me about it. It wasn't like I found out, you know, he did come clean to me about it. And um, when he was telling me that, you know, he had, he was bisexual and he'd wanted to kind of explore with men. My instinct was, you know, I wasn't angry at him because he'd slept with someone else. I was more angry that he hadn't talked to me about it first. (laughs) And I remember saying to him, like, I was in tears. I was very upset because this was my first relationship. Um, And I told him, well, you know, like this, the, none of this, you know, would have been a problem if you'd just come to me and talked to me about it first. And if you'd asked, like, I would have said, yes, it would have been fine. And he just kind of looked at me like, that was an option. Like, what? And um, and I think it was in that moment that I just realized, oh, okay, I don't think about relationships like everyone else. And it was from there that kind of sparked the curiosity. And, you know, I kind of started doing open relationships since then. And I haven't looked back since what, if anything, do you find difficult about polyamory or non-monogamy? I think probably like the practical kind of logistics side of it. Like I think scheduling is definitely <laughs> a huge thing. I mean, everyone makes jokes about Google Calendar, right? So uh, I definitely relate to that quite a lot. I have to rely on um, all kinds of technology to just keep myself, you know, on top of things. Um, and I think also I get really obsessed with like so much with scheduling time with other people that I sometimes forget to take time for myself. So I think that's something that I personally struggle with. And, you know, I have to remind myself to, uh, you know, spend some time alone, uh, uh, take some time for self-care, et cetera, rather than just kind of use all my social energy with other people as much as, you know, as invigorating as that experience is. When did you know you were polyamorous? Uh, Well, like I said, I kind of knew when I was, uh, 17 or 18 that I was a bit different. I think I probably started identifying as polygamous, um, probably when I was 20, I think, um, which is probably, which is also when I embarked on my first like properly like polyamorous relationship. Everything before then had just been kind of open, like non-monogamous kind of swingery uh, type things. So yeah, I think there wasn't a point where I was like, I, I knew, but um, I think I started identifying as such uh, like in, when I was 20. 
Mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, that you sort of felt different in that early context. Um, it, did you feel different from other people earlier than that? Or was that sort of when you first sort of noticed like, hey, there's something different about the way I do this? Um, I think like growing up, right, um, I had kind of concurrent crushes on several people at once. But then I just I mean, I never really talked about it. So I just kind of never questioned it um, as a thing. So um, and, you know, I didn't really date until I was 16, 17. So then that topic never really came up for me. Mm -hmm. So where are you in your poly journey? Where am I? Uh, So I guess in terms of how my current poly landscape looks, well, obviously things have been scuppered a little bit by the pandemic, to say the very least. Um, I have I have one anchor partner who I live with. Um, he moved in with me when uh, lockdown started in the UK, uh, which was last March. And, you know, I keep in touch with uh, some partners that I had like before then. Um, you know, I like I'm very active, like in online communities and things like that. But yeah, like beyond that, um, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. I've got quite like a large kind of friend at work, and we all kind of operate a kind of non-hierarchical relationship, anarchist e style of things, kind of letting things flow and come and go naturally. Um, and that kind of works really well for me. And I'm very fortunate to have a group of friends um, who are all, you know, if not necessarily polyamorous, at least open to non-monogamy and open to understanding that. Um, even if it doesn't work for them, it does work for other people. So I'm very glad to be surrounded by some very open-minded folks. Oh, that's wonderful. Where do you hope to go on your poly journey or do you have any poly goals? Do I have any poly goals? I'm sort of doing after, in the after times. <laughs> in the after times, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, you see, here's the thing, like in my, like I've had like a lot of partners, you know, more in like the casual sense of things, but then I would very much like to experience like having, uh, you know, two kind of serious like romantic partners who I'd see regularly. I think I have a lot of connections come and go. Um, I have had a metamor in the past. So my partner has had another girlfriend before, um, but I personally have not yet had the time or energy to date two people at once. It's just kind of where I was at. You know, I was at university focusing on my degree and I knew I didn't have like, you know, the capacity to invest in more than one person in a, a, you know, significant way. So that's something that I'd like to experience. But again, it's not like a fixed goal. I'm not kind of actively seeking, so to speak. I just kind of let things flow, like I said. Um, And yeah, I, in terms of, you know, how I would like my life to look, I'm still kind of keeping my options open. And, you know, I'm just happy to see like what comes my way, basically. And why do you think you are poly? Why do I think I'm poly? I think that, I think, uh, like I said at the beginning, um, you know, growing up, I was always, it always normally didn't make a huge amount of sense to me because I knew that even when people were in relationships, they were still capable of being attracted to other people. That kind of attraction didn't just magically disappeared you know no matter how much you wanted it to and whether you acted on those attractions or not was kind of up to up to you personally right and I'm polyamorous because I well I feel that I want to be authentic to myself in that sense kind of acknowledge uh, like those attractions and not kind of pretend that they're not there and it's also much better to kind of explore that in my mind and um explore the connections with other people, see where they go, see, like, explore the potential of, like, my connections with people rather than just be kind of left, like, thinking that I've missed out on something or, like, thinking about what could have been. So uh, that's why I'm polyamorous, I think, to kind of um, satisfy my curiosity, so to speak. 
And why did you agree to be interviewed by us? Uh, because, well, I think you guys uh, do some really cool work. I love talking about polyamory. I love being involved in kind of communities online. Um, and yeah, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. So like, this is, this is just really great to be here. And um, yeah, and uh, obviously I'm here to talk about my experiences as a young polyamorous person and also to uh, talk about my blog. Very cool. All right, so we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Polyamory Uncensored is excited to announce a brand new product. We have designed a planner and journal specifically geared for polyamorous individuals. If you're a fan of the podcast, you know that I love recommending journaling to our guests and audience members. After about the 50th time or so I caught myself suggesting it, I thought to myself, there should be a journal specifically designed for us polyamorous folks. One that includes a planner, because of course we be planning, and one that prompts us to go deep into our poly lives. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the just plain complicated truths. <laughs> and I wanted to put together a space where you could go if you needed to vent out all of those really hard poly drama feelings. So I designed the Polyamory Uncensored Planner and Journal. This little book includes a full year planner for the year 2021, as well as self-discovery pages, guided journal with polyamory themed prompts and resource guide pages so that you can keep track of the books and podcasts and websites that you find helpful in your poly journey. Get yours today for yourself or the thoughtful polyamorist in your life at tinyurl.com slash poly2021. That's tinyurl.com slash poly2021. In doing so, you support me and this podcast. Thank you so much. I love you. Bye. All right. And we are back with Leanne to talk about memes, meme culture, and how it relates to the polyverse. So can you tell us a little bit about your blog's name and and what what you do and your Instagram? Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, So I started my uh, meme page uh, it was originally a blog, actually, um, in November 2020. Um, and the original intent was just to talk about my uh, experiences as a young polyamorous person and kind of just write long-form blog posts now and then whenever I had thoughts to jot down. Um, and it was it was kind of, well, I was motivated to do this because I uh, I had several friends who told me that, like, you know, I should do this, like, I should kind of just put my thoughts like out there and I've also been very active in kind of Facebook groups and things like that like giving advice to people about their situations um you know based on my personal experiences um but then I uh, I realized that a lot of people kind of don't really have the time or kind of the attention span per se to uh read long posts you know some people like do have that energy but like the vast majority of the time people want kind of uh online content that's visual and very easy to process and so i thought about creating memes um because there aren't a lot of other meme pages i think there are maybe about two or three um that, uh, that do kind of do the same things as me um and so i like after posting about like four or five blog posts or so i made my first meme and my meme ended up reaching a hundred thousand people <laughs> which was insane like the engagement rate was was it was crazy a lot of people were like oh my god this is hilarious so for context the first meme that i made was a something about like it was a joke on you know me going on a date and uh realizing in the middle of the date that my my, uh, that the other person didn't read my profile so when i talked about my partners they're like 
sorry, what are you talking about? And so it was, it was talking about that and a lot of people related to that experience. And they were like, oh my God, it's so annoying when people don't read your profile, when people don't read your bios, why, why don't people do this? It's so annoying. Um, and, you know, that really took off because people like saw that and they laughed and they related and they shared it with other people. And I thought, oh, this is great. I can, I can totally, you know, capitalize on this and just kind of make more uh, similar content. Because here's the thing about... Um, online communities i think that in the polyamory community a lot of people love to kind of share advice and resources at a very high level people love to talk about things like how to deal with jealousy what to do when you uh, are meeting your metamors what type of polyamory works for you you know the list goes on and on and on um but this is all very high level stuff it's all very like information um heavy and you know people are uh just you know it's all very serious right and i think that there are very few uh, pages that are dedicated to just talking about like everyday life in polyamory, talking about like the fun side of polyamory, maybe the not so fun sides of polyamory and kind of just making jokes about it. And obviously people love to uh, kind of rally around like humor and, um, you know, because everyone loves to laugh, especially in these extremely troubling times. So, uh, so basically, yeah, I just started making memes so people could, um, kind of relate to like the funny sides of being, of being polyamory. And even in cases where, uh, you know, maybe there wasn't some, some news wasn't, wasn't so good or some experiences weren't so good. Uh, you know, you could just make a joke about it and people would be like, oh yeah, no, that happened to me. Um, and like, you know, kind of, uh, chuckle about it i guess so yeah I, so I made this uh this page in november and it's really taken off since then um in you know now it's it's january so it's been just uh almost two months now and it's almost at uh six thousand followers on facebook and about 2500 i think a bit more now actually towards 3000 like on instagram um so people clearly really enjoy my content and um yeah, it's been it's been a really a really really great time, and I think another thing is that um, a lot of my memes kind of pose questions and um, kind of points of discussion. Basically, you know, I mentioned things like unicorn hunting, the one penis policy, uh, hierarchy and dating, and veto power, for instance. Um, but obviously, I talk it talk about it in a very humorous way. But then it kind of uh, incentivizes people to like go into the comments and kind of share their own opinions about it. And so, yeah, I think it's a uh, um, I've managed to create a very multifaceted kind of space for people to talk about their experiences, which I'm really happy about uh, cu having curated. That's very cool. Where can people find it? Uh, so I am on Facebook at uh, Polyphilia. So that's P-O-L-Y-P-H-I-L-I-A. Uh, the name was uh, a Basically, the idea behind the name was based on a meme I saw from ages and ages ago, which was something along the lines of polyamory is wrong. You shouldn't mix Greek and Latin roots. It should be multiamory or polyphilia. <laughs> uh, so multiamory already exists, as you probably know. It's a very, very famous podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just took the other one, basically, polyphilia. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so that's that's kind of where I came up with the name. And um yeah, so that's I'm most active on Facebook, but I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Polyphilia Blog. So P O L Y P H I L I I L I A B L O G. I love that it was created because of a meme and then became this big meme ag aggregate. Yeah, so I know. I love it. It's so poetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I. I 
that's like 2020, 2021 kind of thing. <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I, I found that the timing of this interview was really interesting because recently in a local small poly group, there was kind of a, a bit of a hubbub about a meme that was shared and someone was, it kind of ruffled a few feathers, right? And someone suggested, and, and I think in a, in a helpful way, well, maybe this small poly group shouldn't allow memes because then we can just focus on like supporting one another. And for some reason that just like, it like crushed part of my soul. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> you know, like, and I, and I didn't know at the time, but I, and my immediate reaction is absolutely not. That is a deal breaker. I will always want to share memes. And I didn't know why it felt so bad to me. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, we are a minority group that is going through a very hard time in the world. And memes are like a small shining light of fun and happiness. <laughs> even when they ruffle feathers, even when, <laughs> even when, you know, they cause a discussion, they're like, they're so necessary in small communities like this. And I just kind of wanted to, to speak to that a little bit that like, I feel like memes are actually important as silly and, and you know, kind of like, jokey as they can be they serve a really like important purpose in small community and minority groups yeah absolutely and i think because they're kind of just so easy to process they're so much more accessible right than kind of long-form posts that people like i said don't have the time or energy to read um and that way it end up ends up reaching way more people because yeah people are more likely to react to visual content you know, as a whole, right? Uh, just kind of, well, how the internet has changed our, our attention spans to be so much shorter. Uh, something like, I mean, that's the reason why places like, you know, Vine and TikTok were created, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like what you said about, you know, memes like being like a focal point uh, and I guess a springboard for discussion is so true. Like that has definitely been the case like on my page. And it's also quite nice actually because um, my page is quite a self-regulating space and that if someone posts something that other people find problematic, I don't even have to jump in. Like someone else will jump in <laughs> yeah. and say like, hey dude, um, like, you know, here's why I disagree, et cetera, et cetera. And so it kind of moderates itself in a sense. But yeah, like I think even in support groups, like I find it very confusing when support groups ban memes because it's it's very like support groups and advice groups can oftentimes be very like doom and gloom um and while i understand that you might want to ban memes or at least like limit memes because you don't want to kind of like spam kind of overrunning um like all the important discussion that's going on i think that they serve a very important purpose um and yeah and also just kind of injecting levity into what would otherwise be a horrible situation like i mean i've made memes about veto power i've made memes about kind of uh like hierarchy being like snuck up on you i've made memes about just uh, multiple breakups even like in a short space of time which unfortunately does happen in polyamorous relationships because if you take the more risk of more relationships you have a higher chance of getting more breakups so um you know i had a friend who uh, went through three breakups in a short space of time, her polycule just kind of collapsed. And I made a meme about it and sent it to them. And I was like, hey, I made a meme about your situation. They were like, this is actually really cute. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you there. Well, and I feel like so often when we uh, encounter tragedy, even death, sometimes uh, the best way to get through it is like laughter. And that seems really weird. And it seems like foreign and, and counterintuitive, but like, I know plenty of people who have gone through a great amount of loss and, you know, maybe not at the exact time that they're going through it, but like later they make jokes about it. Or, you know, I, I know I follow this podcaster who is in it's years away from the event, but she'll joke about having dead parents. And it's like, 
a lot of people are like, <gasps> and she's like, no, I, I, I find these kind of jokes funny because I'm now outside of this uh, situation and it's how I deal. Uh, and, you know, like some people can really get through hard times by finding the funny, uh, by finding the, you know, like commonality between other people and that can be funny. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that that's, it's, it's so helpful. Yeah, and it's interesting you bring that up, actually, because um, the time that we're recording this is very, uh, like, timely. <laughs> um, because, so, as you know, like, um, I don't know if, if, you, if you heard about this, but, well, okay, so obviously you guys must know about what happened at the Capitol on the 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of days later, it was revealed in, uh, I think it was the New York magazine, New York Post mag, I forgot the name, but there was an article that came out about Ashley Babbage, the woman who was shot at the Capitol. Yes, um, and it and like there was it was only mentioned in passing. It was, it was a tiny, tiny line, like a single paragraph, like in the middle of the article. But they interviewed um, her loved ones, and one of them was a woman who um, uh, identified herself as the mutual live-in girlfriend of Ashley Babbitt and her husband. And this uh, kind of went viral on Twitter when someone pointed out, like highlighted that paragraph and posted it on Twitter and was like, oh my God, the woman who shot at the Capitol, she was in a triad. And everyone was like, oh my God. Um, and basically like I made, I made a meme about that <laughs> like the day after yeah. because obviously there were a lot of people going like oh no like now everyone's gonna think that all polyamorous people are trump supporters everyone's gonna think that like we're conservatives like ah and everyone was you know obviously really upset about this because you know we get enough bad press as it is without you know having someone who like was you know was making the news right of, like uh, yeah. being like also being associated with with a group of people who we like you know and it was terrorist exactly it was not it was not a great time for us right Mm -hmm. but then i decided to basically like i i was like this is also kind of hilarious um in a very kind of dark way and so i made Mm -hmm. yeah and i made two memes about it on the day and they went completely viral like basically like one of them um was a one one meme it's it's like i don't do it justice by like describing the meme but i'll explain it anyway the first meme was um when I found out that like the woman who was shot, who was shot at the Capitol, like was in a polyamorous triad. And then I put in like a picture of, um, you know, that song by Chris Fleming, polyamorous. Um, there's okay. There's a song by Chris Fleming that went viral a while ago. And basically he sings about like how, um, he, he sings about unicorn hunters and how they're bad. And he sings about how like, it's never who you want to be polyamorous. Who's polyamorous. Yes. yes. And so that was the first one. And then the <laughs> second one was a contrast kind of a comparison thing. The first one was, um, the polyamory res- representation we want and i put a picture of sensei which on netflix yeah. which you might yes. know and then yeah. the polyamory representation we got and then i put a picture of ashley babbitt and um the dude from tiger king oh yeah <laughs> oh no <laughs> and like that i posted that a week ago and it's gotten um like 600 shares now like and it's still going like people are still looking going like oh my god facepalm and uh sharing it um and it actually got a mention in polyamory in the news uh, with, oh, like nice. the blog yeah so i was i was really really happy to have have had a mention on there um but yeah like totally you know like some people have just been through uh tragedy and when things when bad things happen the best thing you can do is just laugh about it right you know as uh, i can't remember who it was who said this but it was um it's like comedy is tragedy plus time mm-hmm. um and like i completely relate to that because like you can yeah, you can you can kind of put a smile on people's faces by, like, bringing humor to something so people can relate. You know, it really helps you heal from those tragic events. In yeah, 
Yeah, completely. Um, and so people were just, you know, it tu- it turned from everyone complaining about how like this news about Ashley Babbitt was, you know, affecting the community to people just going like, oh my God, I wish we had more repre- representation, like more positive representation and like recommending different forms of media, um, like in the comments. So yeah, I'm glad to have had a kind of positive effect on that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a Facebook tag group that's just this is not the polyamory exposure I was asking for. And of course, yes. every time I saw that, I was like, that's the only thing I can respond with is this is not the polyamory exposure I wanted. <laughs> but OK, you know. Yeah, yeah, there's so many shoot-off yeah. groups from that as well. There's like also like this is the polyamory exposure I wanted. This I'm not sure this is or is not the polyamory exposure I wanted. Um, it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely led to an interesting sort of political conversation in one of our local groups, mm-hmm. where you know, like, hey, you know, just a reminder, not everybody is progressive, and you know, all of the other things that you know are the values that I hold and that many people in our local community um, hold. But there were definitely sort of people took that as an opportunity to sort of say, like, well, yeah, um, I don't necessarily like I'm not saying I, you know, support the people who were insurrectionists at the Capitol, but I'm probably not as progressive and, you know, liberal as the, you know, people who post a lot here. Like, yeah, yeah, like I think that any group of people who um, kind of. I think any anyone who thinks that like any kind of niche community is like a utopia of people who are like all oh, like great good people um, is kind of setting themselves up for disappointment, right? Because I, you know, polyamory, while it is kind of associated with more kind of left wing people, right? There are, you know, as Ashley Babbitt proves, like there are definitely people who are racist, sexist, homophobic whatever phobic um and indeed trump supporters and so um yeah and i think that kind of sparked an important conversation as well because um there's also this tendency in the polyamorous community i don't know if you feel this but i definitely feel that there is um, a small kind of section of the polyamorous community who kind of view themselves as kind of more like enlightened or like evolved right where like oh you know this is like the new way to love you know and anyone who is monogamous is just insecure like you know and that i find that thinking look very very toxic and i don't think that um you're just inherently better than anyone else um because you're polyamorous and um yeah and this news just kind of brought that to light more than anything else yeah i'm in a, a relationship anarchy facebook group and someone recently posted like so I heard that, you know, it's against the rules to be a relationship anarchist and be married. And I was like, the whole point is there is no rules. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what about anarchy? Do you not understand? Yeah, yeah. Like anyone who's telling you their relationship anarchy rules is a poser, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. No, no. Wait that's a minute. Not right. What about anarchy and rules? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, d- I did also want to talk about like the aspect of, of meme culture and, and young uh, polyamorous, you know, like, is it, and you, you were mentioning before that kind of like the analytics and insights of your page run rather younger. Um, is it kind of a, a means of communication in millennial and younger folks? That it, like, do you find that? Oh yeah, for sure. Like um, I think, um, memes just spread so quickly because like I said you process them so easily you share them you just laugh and share or like right um, and um, yeah like just on my on my page insights like I can see like the demographics kind of range more in like the 18 to 34 kind of category I definitely have people who are like in older age groups but they are in the minority um, and yeah I think you know memes are definitely more 
kind of prevalent like in uh like people my age and it's very easy to just kind of spark discussion um among people my age about it um unfortunate that like it's fortunate that people of my generation um are kind of more open-minded um you know about about different relationship styles and are more kind of receptive to like discussion about it rather than just kind of shutting it down although there are of course i have also seen some people on twitter who you know will are literally issuing death threats to people who are polyamorous so that's not fun um but then just kind of uh having uh, having this community uh, like online for people to like laugh together and like discuss things together um has been has been a really positive experience for me i definitely think that there's something to um the idea that this is sort of a more organic form of communication with uh younger people i have uh, teenage children and, you know, my son will text me memes, not poly memes, but, you know, like they're definitely a form of communication that he uses. And I'd say that's something that I have started to do more, but it's definitely not like my automatic organic way of thinking. It's more like something will then appear in front of me and I think, oh, yeah, that's funny. I should share that. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Like, I think um, like there's there's some very specific forms of memes like where people will just look at a, a, a funny photo and they'll think, oh, if I just like label like this person and this other person um, like w- with like, you know, whatever concepts come to mind, like I can make this funny. It's kind of uh, I think it's a very specific kind of way of thinking that um, doesn't, I guess, doesn't come naturally to people who didn't grow up with that kind of humor. So, um, and I think also, well, I, you know, I send memes to my parents as well. And sometimes they, they just, they just don't get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, I think it takes some time to definitely like get into that mindset, kind of understand like, Oh, you know, like just kind of uh, call back humor and um, kind of playing upon trends and uh, kind of keeping up with, with trends because, you know, um, internet, like internet time is like 5,000 times faster than real time, right? Like, um, like memes can be generated and be do- over and done with within hours sometimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like that's, that's like a really fun thing that I love, love about the internet. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. almost, I, I heard it described as almost like hi- hieroglyphs. Like there there's meaning behind each like little symbol in memes that are shared, but they evolve and they change and it's going to be so hard for people hundreds of years from now to like understand what uh, you know like I, I went on the internet the other day and twisted tea was all I saw in yes. every post and I had no idea where it came from but I was like well this is important I have to figure this out because twisted tea <laughs> is mentioned everywhere and then of course I found the video scrolling down a couple meme pages I was like oh here's the video okay a racist got hit with a twisted tea now I get it now I get the context and everything else I've seen is now funny but before I saw that (laughs) I was like what the hell happened you know it's like it's so weird and again in like 20 years when someone sees a twisted tea meme are they going to understand that is that going to mean anything there's going to be no context you know it's going to be really strange seeing the history of memes and meme culture and like how so, how weird <laughs> yeah it's kind of like in jokes right because you yeah. now now that you know the context you're like aha i am in with this community uh, exactly. i have you know i belong in this community and now i relate to what they're saying so maybe a year two years ago i remember listening to maybe it was a, even an npr interview like it was some sort of it wasn't a podcast but it was something i was listening to somewhere and it was an interview with the person who was a meme librarian and i, I don't know if it was the Library of Congress or, you know, but it was some like serious 
institution. Right. Yeah. Those do exist. Yeah, exactly. And like, okay, this is really cool. Like this is somebody whose job is to like spend their day looking at this and trying to figure out how do we preserve this form of communication so that it makes sense to people in the future. And so that, you know, future history students or, you know, historians can like figure out what was going on Mm -hmm. looking at these hieroglyphs. And that's (laughs) Mm -hmm. so cool. Like what a, like job that nobody could ever have imagined they were going to have. Sounds like the best job in the world. (laughs) (laughs) It also sounds so complex because there's so many offshoots of memes like intersecting one another and uh, and even the like meme of there's that stock image of a guy looking at a girl you know and it has been used yeah yeah and the like jealous girlfriend uh and it has been used so many times in so many different contexts and then there's the same photo of those stock models like Mm. laughing together and doing other things (laughs) and 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 oh my god i see it so often and and yeah i'm just like and they intersect with every other meme in uh, in different contexts and it's it's so interesting these like inside jokes like you're saying but then also this small way of communicating an idea with almost no background uh and Mm -hmm. you don't even necessarily need it because it's like already in your brain because it's just there everywhere you already have this like common illusionary base but you don't even have to explain it you know in that way but you know future history students or english <laughs> students or what have you will you know they'll uh, have to yeah culture <laughs> students anything will be explaining it mm-hmm. yeah like um so like with the meme librarian thing like i don't i mean i'm sure there are several people who have this job which is just like the best job in the world but um uh i know that knowyourmeme.com is definitely one of those places where uh like where you know you can just find like a basically a repository of all the memes that have like ever graced the internet um and uh there's a really good book actually that i uh listen listen to reason i listen to a lot of audiobooks so there's a book i read recently um called because internet um by gretchen mcculloch um, I think that's how you pronounce her name anyway. And it's basically about internet linguistics and kind of uh, internet kind of culture. And there's an entire episode de- dedicated to meme culture and, you know, how it uh, kind of creates communities like, you know, because, pe- you know, like you said, with like in-jokes, right? Like when you get an in-joke, you feel like you belong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's funny, like uh, like being part of something that like not everyone else understands. It's kind of exciting in that way. So like when there's a meme format that appears and like people kind of repeat it, uh, change it, uh, subvert it, right? Like you know, with the distracted boyfriend um, uh, or jealous girlfriend, a meme uh, that came around. Like there was there's like a different version of it where like there are three cosplayers and like it's the girl who's looking at another girl rather than like a guy, mm-hmm. um, and there's like was there someone like found like in a photo from like the 1920s like of like three people in that exact same position and it's funny because like you understand like what that's trying to reference um so yeah like it's it's fascinating like i just i just love i just love internet culture it's great (laughs) well and it's interesting that you say that like um you feel like you belong like you you get like a little boost of serotonin like ooh, i i get that reference like <laughs> and even that's a reference to captain america i get that reference you know like mm. uh, <laughs> like uh like you feel uh, excited about it you know um and and i think that, that that helps build communities and and polyamory communities are much like any you know group and 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 uh something that 
connects people, like we need all of the connections we can get. And I think people like poly folks crave connection. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're constantly trying to meet new people. So I, I think it really makes a lot of sense in poly communities specifically that like we crave that serotonin boost of like, I get that. <laughs> I, I connect with you. We're, we are the same. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, like with, with niche communities like this, like especially groups where like you're facing judgment from like, you know, the majority of the population, um, it's so much more important to kind of create your little in-groups and in-jokes. So then, you know, you can, well, you, you kind of have your own kind of little chosen family, right? So, um, and yeah, I'm glad that kind of memes have become a part of that, like on the internet. Well, and we all face some, so many of the similar problems. Like uh, if you're a bisexual woman in a poly community, you have probably been unicorn hunted. So for someone to share a meme about unicorn hunting makes you feel like, oh, I'm not alone. Like this happens all the time. Or to share a meme about jealousy or not being able to communicate with your partner effectively. Like those things are hardships and, and uh, problems, things that all of us uh, experience probably. And yet um, maybe that don't get to talk about with our friends and family on the regular basis. So it's like, a, yeah, it's just like another way to connect and and support one another in this like fun, lighthearted way. Absolutely. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's so nice because as you said earlier, so much of our online community is driven by people reaching out in a time of distress. Yeah. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, but it's a sort of a level of emotional labor that you just aren't always up for. And sometimes like you just need a moment of levity and, you know, just like, let me be around my people however we can in these current times, you know, in an online community way and laugh about something for God's sake. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, in, like I said, like in these support groups, it can be such doom and gloom. So having these memes around can, you know, at least, like you said, inject levity into a situation that would otherwise just be like just people complaining <laughs> and like um, like uh, talking about like these negative experiences. So it's funny that I, I had actually seen um, in a lot of poly groups your blog being shared a bunch before you contacted us. Um, I didn't realize it was so new. I didn't realize you started this in November because it has really like shot off. <laughs> I, one, one thing that I was interested in is like, uh, do you create a lot of the memes or do you, are you sharing other people's memes or both? Oh, uh, all the memes are made by me. All of them oh. are original content. So I, I make one meme. Well, actually, I've made a lot of memes and I just queue like one every day. Mm, okay. Oh, that's really cool. I did not realize that because uh, I know there are a lot of like, I think, Polyland is one that just shares other people's memes. I'm yeah, sure. definitely. There are a lot of sites uh, that do that. On Instagram, there's Polyamory Awareness. Like, I'm pretty sure they only share like other people's memes. Um, but yeah, uh, I like I, I create all my own content, and I think that um, the only two other uh, meme pages that share original content exclusively is um, there's one called Polyamfam. Um, and uh, it's got a few, like, fewer followers than me on, uh, but they're quite big on Instagram. And then there's also Poly Pirates. Um, yeah, and then there's okay. me. But, yeah, so like the three of us, um, I think we're like the main, like <laughs> now we are like the three main pages kind of sharing like new content, whereas like a lot of people are just kind of recycling like old things. Sure, mm -hmm. okay, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I also was curious in like the, generating way like how do you create a meme how do you not not like physically what do you do on on like your like 
Photoshop or anything, but like, um, do you just have ideas that are coming to you all the time and you're like jotting them down or do you see other memes and you're like, I'm going to use that format eventually? I don't know. Like, how do you develop these? Yeah, it's a mixture of both. Like sometimes like I come up with an, like maybe I've experienced something in my personal life and I'm like, I want to make a joke about that. For example, like the Ashley Babbitt thing, you know, I saw that on the news and I was like, I'm going to make a meme out of that. Um, other times it's kind of like, I see a format and I'm like, that's hilarious. Um, usually um, the, ma- the vast majority of my memes are made like based on like lines from TV shows so uh, i've been through like several shows that i really enjoyed um like the good place crazy ex-girlfriend um or like you know classics like star wars um lord of the rings etc and just kind of taking lines like from those shows and kind of applying them in a uh in a poly context so uh, like i don't know like for example about like a week or so ago i used a line from uh, the show with the good place um basically like there's this character who says yeah like humans make a lot of mistakes when they're horny um, and I put like caption on top of that saying when the NRE fades and your partner turns out to be toxic. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, just kind of like, kind of playing off of that, like seeing lines from TV shows going, Oh, I would say that in like this kind of context and just kind of, um, doing that, I guess, uh, because people like they, they laugh because they, if they've seen that show and they know like the original context, they find that funny. And then they're like, aha, but you can also say that in this like other scenario. Um, so yeah, like, and uh, I think people also uh, love it if like they uh, they love a show and they also love polyamory and they see these two things combined together. They're like, this is great. <laughs> I well, get a lot of yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say like nerd culture is so big in polyamory and absolutely a lot of memes they should shoot off from like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and I don't know how many. I mean, I'm in a I'm I'm in a specifically like Firefly fan base poly. Facebook group. Mm. Like, I mean, there's so many offshoot Facebook groups that you can find. Right. And so uh, it's, it's funny when you see like memes based on things you really love, like geek mm-hmm. culture things, and then uh, connecting them to things that you also really love, like polyamory. Yeah. I love that. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, like you're, you're right. Like polyamorous people are like for the most part, like really nerdy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I've, I've got, I've gotten really, like really great feedback for like um, my Lord of the Rings and Star Wars memes in particular, because you know, that they're just yeah it is basically like it's just reached kind of cult status like yeah like i i do that i do that a lot and so just combining like different things that people love other times like i just go on um like other sites like i don't know reddit or whatever to like look at kind of fresh meme formats see how i can adapt them Mm -hmm. that's cool it sounds like fun yeah that does really sound like fun (laughs) it makes me want to start like making memes but then i'm like i don't know if i'm good at that (laughs) So Leanne, where can people find your content? I know you said a little bit earlier, but let's just repeat it and uh, let us know if there's anything else that you want to plug. Um, How can people find your fun new everyday memes? Okay, so I'm most active on Facebook at Polyphilia, P-O-L-Y-P-H-I-L-I-A. And you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Polyphilia blog, P-O-L-Y-P-H-I-L-I-A-B-L-O-G. I also have a WordPress blog, but that's kind of like less frequently used. So that's polyphiliablog.wordpress.com. I make kind of bi-monthly blog posts on there. And as for other work, uh, I am also an audiobook narrator. And I have narrated several books on polyamory. So um, most recently, um, the Jealousy Workbook by Kathy Lab- Labriola was released in audiobook format. So you can check that out by going on Audible and looking for Kathy Labriola's work. Um, you'll, you'll see my name attached to it. So yeah, 
That was really cool. I looked you up on Audible and I was like, wow, there's so much here. That's so awesome. <laughs> that is yeah. cool. I love audiobooks. So I'm excited to go look for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like I would really love to narrate more books on polyamory because there isn't enough polyamory content on Audible. No, there is not. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. And I, I also was listening to like the different accents you do. And I was like, what? This is so neat. <laughs> that was just yeah, really cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, great. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, and definitely find Leanne and her blog and the different Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I hope I hope it uh blows up for you because i think it already is but that's really cool that you're getting so many followers in such a short amount of time it's really awesome yeah thank you and so it's thanks so much for inviting me on your podcast uh it was really really great speaking to you both it was really fun having you thank you so much for joining us and that is it from us at polyamory uncensored we have been Lindsay miller and katie williams we'd like to thank podcast husband rob for being our sound engineer and thank you Lindsay, for editing this podcast so that we sound smart you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Polyamory Uncensored. Contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com if you have a listener question or a comment. And if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. If you'd like to support the podcast with a one-time contribution, we've set up a PayPal link to make it super easy. Thank you for your support in any amount at paypal.me slash polyamoryuncensored. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and remember, we love you. Bye.